real estate was always something that kept coming up. It's like, you just needed so much money up front. Mm -hmm. Being a 19 year old, almost 20, there was absolutely no way a bank was going to give me a mortgage. Hey everybody, it's Zen here. So glad you could join us here for this month's Prime Properties TL podcast. On this podcast, we have Arnie San Augustine here. Arnie is a agent with Remax Excel Advantage on our team that specializes in a lot of pre-construction and off-market deals for our clients. He has a very interesting investing uh, journey and that's why I wanted to bring him on because he actually started investing in real estate before he actually got his license to trade in real estate. And I think that's a kind of give you a different perspective on how a lot of people are perceiving real estate investing. The crazy thing is about how his story, how he got started from like flipping shoes, concert tickets, rims and tires, and having all sorts of jobs. We even go over in this podcast where he talks about how he's had almost 20 types of job and he's still very young right now he's just 25 so i hope this or i hope arnie's story kind of gives you inspiration to actually take action in real estate because um arnie got started at such a young age and all his motivation was he wanted to be a millionaire and i think a lot of people can relate to that if they wanted to create some kind of wealth so i hope his story resonates with you and uh, inspires you to take action and i hope you guys enjoy this episode of the Pro properties to podcast talk to you later bye Good day, Toronto. Welcome to another episode of our podcast of Prime Properties Podcast. On today's episode, we have a special guest, Arnie San Augustine. He is working on our team as a real estate agent. He specializes in pre-con and off-market deals. And we wanted to, or I wanted to bring him on because he has a great investing journey because one of the greatest thing about him is he got started at a very young age. So I want to kind of bring him on to share the story so that let you guys know that anyone can invest in real estate and it can make a big difference to you and your future. Okay. So say hello to everybody, Arnie. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on the podcast, Sam. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for coming on. So why don't you tell us kind of about how you got started in real estate investing? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it started maybe 2015, 2016. Yep. Uh, I, at the time, was at U of T. And was making the transition between either continuing my program or switching entirely like career-wise. I just wasn't really happy there. What um, were you studying at UT? It was uh, psychology. Psychology. Okay. Yeah. And what were you transferring to? It was going to be either real estate right away or business administration. Oh, you're going to go into real estate right away. Yeah. And there was like a kind of a, a point where I just wasn't sure. And I, at the time I just felt like I wasn't ready. I just, yeah. You know, I think that's like normal too. Cause like, I had no idea what I was doing in university. Yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to. <laughs> yeah, that was me. That's <laughs> so bad. I, I was looking like, at my mark like, yeah, no. No, no, mm -hmm. I was just like, I didn't know what to do. Like the guidance counselors were not useful in high school. And I was just like, all right, I guess I'll be, I'll try to be a doctor. <laughs> Did science, wrote my yeah. MCAT, organic awesome. chemistry destroyed me. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'll try a pharmacy. It didn't work out too well. <laughs> yeah, pharmacy was actually what I was leaning towards if uh, psychology ever took off. Or like that whole like life sciences at UT program took off. Yeah, for sure. I think it's one of those like immigrant things where it's like you want a good paying job. So you like, you know, it's accounting, engineering, doctor, a lawyer. And otherwise mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, why bother going to school, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Filipino, so, like nursing, doctor. That's like, those are your paths. You healthcare. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> yeah. So after leaving UT, where'd you go afterwards to finish your program? Uh, so yeah, dropped out of that and it was between real estate right away or kind of like learning more, I guess, like the fundamentals of business. And so yeah. I decided to go Humber for business administration. Again, didn't really like that, like in hindsight, mm -hmm. but I really just use that as a buffer to kind of like buy time and figure out if I really wanted to do real estate. So you eventually graduating, which is when we met you, then you became, uh, started doing real estate, right? Yeah, that's right. 
So you said you started investing in 2015, 2016. What made you to start investing and what was the first property you bought? Yeah, sure. So, okay. So 2015, 2016, um, deciding to drop out of UT was a pretty big thing. And like, for me, it was more of an ego thing. It's like, okay, if this isn't going to happen, I got to make something happen. So oh yeah, I'm sure like, your parents awesome. loved it. <laughs> oh no, it was brutal. <laughs> They're just like, well, no healthcare, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, but yeah, they, uh, or sorry, I decided to kind of like spend the next two to three months where I wasn't in school. So that summer, looking up ways to make money. It was like, as basic as a Google search, how to make a million dollars. And so I came across. <laughs> <laughs> what was the first hit you got? Uh, honestly, I can't remember, but it was probably a pyramid scheme. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it was like stocks, uh, trading Forex, day trading, um, drop shipping on Amazon, which I kind of tried. And then, yeah, real estate investing, obviously just like you need a lot of money for that. Yeah. Well, yeah. To get and, how into the other options did you look into? Because like, I know I looked into other options too before I got like uh, started with real estate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I went as far as uh, opening up like a self-directed TFSA with CIBC, um, put, I think it was only like $3,000 into it, which at the time was a decent amount of money, but like nothing substantial. So like if the goal at the beginning was how to make a million dollars, $3,000 wasn't going to do it. So, oh, unless you're buying like penny stocks and they're like doubling every day <laughs> yeah and i just didn't like it was just ignorance i just didn't understand the market well enough to kind of have that confidence um yeah. so i tried that that was did open you, for the last okay did you make any money uh yes but like not substantial mm. it was like yeah maybe like an eight percent return <laughs> not bad over, over how long uh that's a that's a kicker it was like four years Oh, so it was just like I made so, money. So basically, I didn't lose money. Is essentially like how you should put it. So inflation, you you yeah. made your inflation money. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's not bad. You didn't lose yeah. money. <laughs> the the best one was the weed stock at the time. So like that weed was really stock. the only thing that kind of like carried that. Aside from that, I was like, I had no idea what I was doing. Got it. Got it. So you got lucky and you made inflation money. Mm-hmm. Canopy Growth Corp. Canopy. <laughs> I I remember years ago. Yeah, people were telling me to buy a uh, weed stock, and I just didn't understand it, and I didn't do it. Mm, yeah. yeah. So what else did you try? You're saying uh, drop shipping? Yeah. So uh, Amazon, if you order product from like cheap suppliers like Alibaba, yeah. you can like resell it on Amazon and they'll fulfill the orders. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't go as far as using Amazon, but there was a website that if you bought cheap ink and like toner for printers, um, they would just buy it off of you. So I was also working at Best Buy, oddly enough, and they had an auction website. They'd have all these printers and inks. And I would just buy all of them. Yeah. and try and sell them to the other uh, company. And that didn't work well either. There's that just like not enough. No. After shipping costs, I was like, all right, thanks for the 20 cents and all my effort. <laughs> so not, not worth your time, basically. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, okay. So how did you end up saving money for your first property? Yeah, so all throughout high school, uh, I think a big motivation at that age was uh, owning a car. Yeah. Um, so I would buy like rims, tires, more notably concert tickets and like each weekend go friday saturday so two events and just buy like whatever my credit card could max out at and just flip them because at the time like a lot of concerts would sell out so like you would buy tickets and then go to acc or scotiabank arena now and there's like flip the tickets yeah essentially just scalp them but usually it would end up being sold before the day so it'd be on like kijiji Mm. days before yeah so it wouldn't be like so high pressure so you were doing this in high school yeah, high school and then more so uh, first year university. Wow. Like, that's when like the 19 events start going, right? 19 events? 
like the 19 plus events before it was just oh, like general I see. admission. Yeah, yeah. I see. So, so you could have flipped earlier, but then because you were not 19 yet, you couldn't buy the tickets. <laughs> <Sure>. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I couldn't bought them. It's just like I did that. Yeah. I yeah. see. That's interesting. So were you making good money flipping them? A decent amount for that age. Yeah. I was also working part-time like a lot for that age. This was at Best Buy? Uh, Freshco grocery store and Fresh restaurants, Co. like washing dishes, really simple basic jobs yeah like entry-level jobs right and then you kind of mm -hmm. saved up everything and then you put into your first property yeah literally everything yeah so what so, was the first property that you bought in 2016 um this is like kind of at the end of starting all these like different things like trying the drop shipping method and like putting some money into stocks i was like okay at some point i'm gonna need to have a place to live like i don't want to live with my parents yeah. for the next 10 years and then also real estate was always something that kept coming up it's like you just needed so much money up front mm -hmm. being a 19 year old almost 20 there was absolutely no way a bank was going to give me a mortgage <laughs> um so <laughs> unfortunately um so i actually met someone and they were explaining how pre-construction works where you kind of like have these structured deposits one mm -hmm. at a time and you don't necessarily need the mortgage right away so i was like yeah. okay great let's do that and then you buy your first property what was it uh, yeah. So Allen and Eglinton, it was uh, by Empire and yeah. it was Midtown. It was a one plus 10 for 288,000. 288,000. Yeah. Oh, how big was it? Ooh, just under 600 square feet. So it works out to, I had some notes before this. Okay. Yeah. Good. So, let, let me learn. What's the, what's the price per square foot just for some? 496 yeah. per square foot. Crazy. And at the time I was incredibly hesitant because if you looked at the area five years ago, you're like, why because you just like up 100 200 more and you have downtown toronto yeah so so why'd yeah. you pick that area um honestly like okay i could like come up with some like genius way as to like why i pick trans and all this stuff but it mm -hmm. was just like i just decided like okay like this is, seems affordable let's just pull the trigger <laughs> <laughs> like fundamentally it's like you have the eglinton west station five minutes away lrt was like in talks about being built i'm pretty sure it was under construction but nothing happening there yet yeah um, so it's like I okay it there's there's some upside. I didn't know what upside was at the time, but like, yeah, cause that's a real estate term. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's definitely potential for growth. Uh, but yeah. yeah, no, at that age, it was definitely just, uh, kind of like just winging it. something and going. Yeah, exactly. Essentially. That's what it was. I think the crazy thing is like, you had the like courage to go and do it at 20 and just buy something. Whereas even, you, you know, right now where we have a lot of people, like we're just over analyzing the numbers so like oh no it doesn't meet the one percent rule oh no it doesn't do this and it takes them forever to buy their first property or as you're 20 you're hustling working restaurants bagging groceries if that's what you're doing flipping concert tickets uh selling rims and then you save everything up and you just put into this yeah i mean it, like it was never planned to kind of go this way it was just like i just like found that inherent like fun i guess fun. or like need i don't know what you would call it but it was never like, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to start doing this. It's just like there was like an opportunity and like seeing it kind of come together was interesting to me. So, yeah, that's kind of why. Yeah, I think for those of you who don't know, like we hired Arnie a while ago. I think it was almost two years now, year and a half. And yeah. I was just kind of inspired by his like entrepreneurship because he told me like all the crazy things he was trying to do. And the ironic thing was um, at the time, our company was hiring for an assistant. And we had these like uh, really, really weird 
questions that we would put on the resumes um, for like, I guess the application. And you, we would make sure that you wouldn't actually get an interview unless you answered these questions. And these questions are like, if you were a cookie, what kind of cookie would you be? They were just like, yeah. really it's like what, what's your favorite questions. movie? And I like, yeah. remember reading that. I was like, what? <laughs> it, it was just basically like a screening thing to make sure not just like blind sending resumes, right? We want to make someone who actually read. And mm -hmm. I interviewed Arnie and I was like, okay, hey man, you are definitely not like made out to be an assistant. And I was like, just go get your license and then start trading in real estate. So that's how I met him. Cause I was just like, wow, this guy is a crazy entrepreneurial. And the fact that we were at an investment brokerage and he already had multiple properties at such a young age, I'm like, okay, he knows what he's talking about. He's been kind of, it's kind of like you were destined to do this, even though you didn't know you were going to get into this field. Yeah. It just kind of like led that way, I guess. It's, it's no, nice. Yeah. Cause like you can look back and you can connect the dots. Right. Cause like I had never, oh, for sure. Yeah. Real estate. I was yeah. like, real estate, ugh, I hate it. I don't it's only five years ago, I'd be like, I don't have money for that. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so what do you think your Allen and Eglinton condo is worth now? Um, I would say like very conservatively, like 900 per square foot. 900 per square like, foot. That's very conservative. So it's doubled in price since you bought it five years ago. Yes. Yes. When are you closing on it again? It was supposed to be actually last week. It's been delayed. Too. <laughs> <laughs> and so you can never really plan for these things, which I've learned firsthand. Yeah. Uh, but it's been delayed for two years. It's supposed to be May, I think, 6th. And then obviously with everything going on in the world, yes. it is now TBD. So we'll see hopefully a month or two. Yeah. Okay. So, so where were you getting the balance of your money for like your subsequent deposits? Yeah. So at that time, I was just before uh, my 20th birthday. So me and my friend had started a landscaping business. 20th I, birthday? So you've done sure. so many things already when you're 20 and then you had a condo and now you're starting a business when you're 20? Yeah. But like the whole, like this whole process, it sounds like a story that I tell when I'm like 10 years old because uh, <laughs> I'll get into it. But basically me and my one friend, we were trying to find jobs where uh, we could work kind of like on our own hours strictly because school was such a like a demanding need yeah especially at U of T um, mm -hmm. okay so, so you were starting this business while you're already at U of T right so like this is your first phase of uh, university yeah. post-secondary got it mm -hmm. so like kind of just like uh working on the weekends or before classes or after classes anyways we came across like lawn maintenance just cutting grass simply because like we could take a old lawnmower that my friend had I was like 10 years old throw it in the back of my mom's like SUV and just drive to houses and do our thing and then be done with it. Like don't have to worry about. So how were you guys getting to these like clients or like people's lawns you were cutting? Yeah. So we spent like two weeks coming up with a name for the company. Cause obviously everyone knows the most important <laughs> oh, yeah, The name is the most important two weeks. The name yeah. and then the slogan and then the yeah. logo and then the, the color. Logo. Takes like four no one, yeah. <laughs> so that was like the first lesson. None of that really, it matters, but there's definitely better ways to spend your time at that yeah. early stage. Yeah, exactly. Um, Agreed. But it's like things you have to learn, right? It's things you have to learn. Oh yeah. But yeah, it's funny. Um, so yeah, we would print out all these flyers and his uh, aunt worked at an office. So like yeah. no printing fees. We just kind of like steal their paper, whatever. And we'd start handing them out at like neighborhoods and like knock mm -hmm. on doors as like random as that sounds. That's what we did. And that's why I feel like it sounds like a, it's a story that I should tell when I was like 10 years old because I was like 20 years old doing this. But it wow. worked. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like you have the hustle. You're not afraid, right? Like I know um, when we were doing training for real estate, and was like, oh, how do you get clients? How do you get clients? And it was like, just door knock. And it was like, oh, oh my God, door knocking. Yeah. It I, is I, really I like intimidating. It's just like if someone comes up to my door, it's like, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, but that's for your side. But like imagine you're the one knocking, right? And people are just mm -hmm. afraid to do it. 
I think a lot of it is just like, once you start doing it, it becomes normal. Right. And we talked about this before too, but yeah. I think a lot of people are just afraid to make that move kind of like with you and just like, Oh, real estate. Okay. This makes sense. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of like overthinking you can get in your head for sure. Oh, hundred percent. So how long were you doing the landscaping stuff for? Uh, so me and him did it for about like that entire summer. And then he found a much, much better job. That was a lot more stable. Yeah. Cause at the time it was just, there's strictly Kijiji leads and kind of referrals. So we'd only have like three or four uh, jobs to do each week sometimes, like mm-hmm. two a day max. And that'd be great because then you just save time and efficiency that way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that continued on until just about a month ago. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So maybe four years, four years now. Four years. So mm-hmm. you've had this landscaping business for four years and that was kind of providing for all the deposits for your first property, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever work anything between graduating and kind of becoming a realtor or were you just always doing landscaping during that time? Uh, no. So throughout school, I always had that like part-time job because when I first picked up that investment property, it was like, okay, um, this is all good and dandy now. Like they didn't even ask for mortgage pre-approval at the time. Which oh was yeah. The good me. old days. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so lenient. It's just like, oh, just, just sign. I remember it was like, uh, what's your occupation? I was like student. And I think I was a lot more nervous than the actual agent for the deal not closing because I yeah. felt like they were going to come back and be like, yeah, no, this isn't going to fly. You definitely need to show that you make money. But um, I've always had part-time jobs in between just in case I had to show on like paper, like a T4 because mm-hmm. the landscaping business was cash. Flipping items on Kijiji was always cash. Yeah, you can't really report um, that on a T4. <laughs> no, yeah. Unless you, yeah. You I mean, I guess you could. I don't know. But we won't get into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of. Okay. Um, but yeah, and everything from like being a security guard, working mm. at like bars and clubs as like a busser, just again, like the cash tips, but then you also have the T4 aspect, uh, working office admin, Best Buy, warehouses, landscaping companies, building things. It was, yeah, there was a How lot. How many jobs do you think you've had like different roles? Like I'm just, like, I'm I losing track. It. Okay. Can, those count as, okay. So I got, no, 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 we're not going to count it. Cause no, <laughs> but it's like oh, over okay. 20, over, easily, over 20, easily, easily. Oh my it's goodness. probably more. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So but it was just like short periods of time. It was like four months. Okay. Four months. And like, yeah. Do you think you just didn't like those roles because it wouldn't like kind of fit in your personality or you just kind of moved on with it because you were just bored? I it was definitely just bored. Like you yeah. kind of learned the ins and outs and it's like, okay, like this is how it's run or like, this is what I'm doing. Like, okay, let's try and like level up in a sense. Yeah. And it's just basically wasn't challenging enough for you. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay, so mm-hmm. that's how you got number property number one. I know you got a couple more. So can you talk about how you got into your next properties? Sure. Okay, so uh, I've actually been through the process four times. Four times, uh, yeah. Okay. Despite only owning two. So obviously so, so, some so mistakes for, happened for the along re- the way. Yeah, yeah. For the record, <laughs> can you say how old you are right now? Okay, so I'm 24 turning 25 in June. Okay, it's 24 yeah. turning 25 in June. Okay, got it, it, got it, got it. Got it. Away. Wow, yeah. Yeah, almost. So okay. second property. So second property uh, was more with the family, less me, um, mm-hmm. but they were going to invest in Vaughn and the project was called Cosmos by Liberty. It was supposed to be like oh, yes. eight towers. Yeah. The infamous cancellation. Yes. Yes. yes, um, yes. But at the time, again, really similar price point. It was, it had to have been under 600 per square foot and it was going to yeah. be a one plus 10 with parking. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it was like 350, like something ridiculous. Compared to I think, th- yeah, I think that was 2017. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. So you're saying you got your family involved? So did you guys do like a joint venture? Uh, no. So yeah, my, my dad was more kind of looking in this area just because he works in Markham. So he'd yeah. always drive by the site and see that there were 
um, a lot of like signs being like, hey, like this is what's going on here. And so after going through it, I guess with me the first time and understanding the process, oh, you don't need a mortgage. You don't need like all these things. You just need the, the down payment. Yeah. Um, they were like looking to invest in that. So did, did you convince them or did they look at you and they're like, oh, my son's made money buying this pre-construction. Maybe I should too. I don't think it was really me. It was just more, they were also looking to downsize at the time. So it's like, mm. we don't really need a uh, house in Brampton when yeah. we're 65. Got it, got it. So yeah. So, so that's first like, number one. Yeah. Well, that was number two, but number two doesn't really exist anymore because of the shenanigans. Because no, yeah, it got canceled. Got the <laughs> deposit back. I'm not even sure if they got interest, but got the deposit back. So there's no concern there, but it's just opportunity costs. Yeah. So like three costs. years of waste, wasted time. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and imagine if it was actually built, right? Like if you bought for 350, I think the one plus ones now are trading at like close to five, 550 with parking. Almost 900 per square foot. I'm yeah. Sure. yeah. So that would have been like almost 60% increase. Mm-hmm. That okay. one hurts. But <laughs> yeah. On. That one, that one, that one hurts. Yeah. We, we had some stuff there too. And uh, yeah, we're not going to get into this stuff, but yeah, <laughs> it was just, it was, it it was just a bad yeah, one. It was just happens, a bad one. Yeah. 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 Stuff happens. So yeah. how'd you get into property number three? Okay. So this is a third one that also failed. Uh, but shortly after that, the same agent that sold me the one at Allen and Eglinton, so the first yeah. one, uh, reached out again. He was like, hey, there's a unit that's come, or sorry, there's a building. It's called Axis at Jarvis and Carlton. Yeah. Built by like a very like new developer, but they have kind of a history of working with these large, large companies. Mm-hmm. And so that was going to be a one plus den, two washroom where the den was usable as a second bedroom. Yeah, and hindsight, it really, court stuff. Standard yeah. Court stuff, yeah. When you see the building, it's like, eh, that's a stretch. But at the time, it's like, <laughs> okay, like this is a great investment. Um, yeah. But it was the 44th floor and it was for 450. Seems like a steal right now. Seems like a steal. At the time, it was like, what are we doing? Now we're definitely overextending. Yeah. Because uh, you couldn't really tell, right? Like you could easily say, oh, yeah, like I thought all of this through. But like realistically, if you bought in 2015, 16 or 17, like right now, you're, you're pretty much laughing if it's built. Yeah, if it's yeah. built or being built, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So was this third property solo yourself? Uh, so yeah, that was that was a kicker. I didn't have the eighty thousand down payment, and yeah. so I went to go sign, and it was really just a matter of convincing my parents to dip into their line of credit because at the time they had a house in Brampton that they bought in two thousand five. Yeah. So all this time has passed. All the equity is kind of built in. Like the tons line of credit was of there. Equity. Yeah, tons yeah. of equity. Line of credit was there, but it's just, I had no track record to prove that, you know what, uh, I'll be able to pay for this. <laughs> it's finally done being built. But, but at so, this time you were working, you had the landscaping business. Yeah. So that was all cash though. Um, yeah. So I'd say maybe around that age, it was like 40 to 50 while in school. Um, yeah. So it was still like a decent 40, 50, amount. 40 to 50 like thousand in income, right? Yes. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. That's absolutely crazy. There was a lot going on though, but um, yeah. Yeah. So basically kind of, it was the ninth day of the 10th day cooling period. And my dad's like, Mm-mm, like, this isn't happening. You yeah. haven't shown enough to kind of like give us confidence to lend you out this money. Rightfully so. It's that's still a lot. pretty impressive. <laughs> you almost convinced them to lend you money. It's so close. One more day. One more day. It could have trapped them into, no, that's, that's a bad way to look at it. <laughs> do do your parents ever regret it? They're like, oh, looking back now uh no like they know what it is like i yeah. know what it is it's not really like oh shoot like look see like this is what would have happened it was like strictly like a learning experience it's like okay yeah. you yeah sure. it, it's, it's very humbling awesome. it's like oh, you sure. were so close and it's just like oh i just fell apart it's there's, there's been so many of those stories where like I, 
the amount of like cooling returns, like in the 10 day cooling period that some of our clients have, they're like, I'm like, it's a good idea. And they're like, no, I just can't do it. And then like a year or two later, they're like, ah, F. <laughs> yeah. 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 It happens, right? It happens. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Sure. So what, how did you get to property number four then? Okay. So property four, uh, learned from my mistakes this time. And by this time, uh, the first one wasn't entirely sold out. They were still selling, I think it was four or five units. And this was Allen and Eglinton, right? Yeah. So the builder yeah. reached back out and they're like, Hey, we have this one bedroom plus 10. It's a bit bigger than yours, uh, but we're charging 600,000 for it with parking on the locker. And you kind of see that number and you're like, wow, like I am a genius, <laughs> which is like really not the case. Cause the more you start to learn, the more you realize, okay, like I really don't know anything. So it's just like step-by-step. <laughs> step. Anyways, <laughs> I kind of took that information and one that I was keeping an eye on was one that was actually advertised a lot. So E condos, the yep. first tower is done. E2 was the one that we kind of bought into or signed for, mm -hmm. um, was going to be launching soon. And the, the best thing about that one was again, like really close to the transit lines. So young uh, yeah. subway station and then Eglinton LRT mm -hmm. and I had direct connection. So yeah, crazy. Project. That one was, yeah. One that this I tried was... to like, 2017 or 20 no 2018 i think e2 2018 yeah spring of 2018 yeah, yeah. so you so by the time then you'd be what 23 at the time just you, before 23rd birthday again so it's yeah so you had i'm gonna keep I, using that yeah yeah okay so now, now <laughs> you're even younger <laughs> now, now you're uh one property in two yeah. didn't work out and, and so you're on one in in the books and now you're on the mm -hmm. fourth potential one so this is your second official one right yeah got it got it okay yeah so yeah for this one in terms of income it still hadn't really changed compared like compared to 2017 like access yeah um, but what i used this time was like hey you know what if i'm unable to pay it we can just sell the very first one and like you can just kind of like take my deposit and then pay off the line of credit that i would have borrowed because again i would have needed to borrow the entire 20 percent uh structure down structure oh, okay yeah. so, but you still bought it anyways because you're like it's a good deal or you just believed in it Oh, for me? No, no, no. Like after kind of seeing like before, it's like, okay, all these ones by transit seem to be doing okay. So I'm just going to keep following this strategy. This transit um, strategy. Yeah. And, yeah. It's worked out quite well that you had that now, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can't get less than like a thousand dollars per square foot for near transit now. No. Yeah. So uh, E2 okay. seems like a home run. seems like a home run. What did you buy E2 at? So E2 was a uh, one plus 10, uh, two, two washrooms, two washrooms and 908 per square foot it's 575 Crazy. direct access but at that, but at that time too that was like it was like the peak of the market i think so it was either up or down and so, so, so really why, why would you do it if you think it was at the peak of the market so like 900 dollars a square foot what mm -hmm. what made you kind of go into it other than the fact that you thought it was transit because keeping in mind you're borrowing 20 percent to buy mm -hmm. the property yeah so inherently like seeing the first one and then seeing the first the next two fail um i kind of saw there was like an opportunity okay banks really don't care to see like mortgage pre-approvals i could <laughs> technically just keep buying these and like if they keep going up i'll just sell the one and then keep going like forward and sort of like climb that property ladder it wasn't yeah. really an investment strategy at that point it was more just like this is working towards a house got it got it yeah so i just kept like increasing the amount per se so when you bought your first one, did you ever have intentions of closing it? Because it sounded like you were just going to flip it, right? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. So yeah, the reason um, I bought the one at Midtown was strictly because 
in three years time, it kind of worked out. Like it was supposed to be finished in 2022. So at that age, I was like, okay, I want to be working downtown for sure. Um, so I could either live in it or rent it out, but realistically it was more to live in it. Yeah. So supposedly yeah. 2022, that's always supposedly. <laughs> supposedly, yeah. yeah. They don't tell you about the three year delay. Yeah, more or less. Inevitably may happen. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now that you have two properties in your belt, what's your plan? Like, what are you planning to do with it? Like, what, what's your next strategy when it comes to real estate investing? Because obviously when I met you, you had these properties already. And now that mm -hmm. you're spent quite some time with the brokerage that specializes in investment, like, well, what do you, how are you going to do things differently now that you learned? Yeah, sure. So uh, honestly, the strategy is still going to stay the same. Yeah. Um, I didn't really know what I was doing before, but now I can kind of label it, but it's really just buy, hold, let the equity build up similar to how that equity built up in my parents' house. You have that like available line of credit to give yeah. you options. Um, but yeah, right now the target's really just first time home buyer friendly things that'll like move quickly. Yeah. And um, aiming for cash flow, although it's not, it's not as lucrative as it once was. No, but, definitely. Yeah. It's a lot harder to do it now, but you'll be cash flow positive on those two condos you own right now easily. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. So you can always just hold on to those. Right. And then mm -hmm. put a tap, tap into the equity and then buy some more. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I think one of the coolest things is like when you got started early, even if you didn't know what you were doing and you kind of benefit from the market going up it, looking back, is there something that, you know, you would do differently knowing what you know now? It's like, I get the question sometimes from my friends and it's hard to answer <laughs> because like once it's happened, it's so easy to be like, yeah, like it was planned. Like, <laughs> like I knew what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> but like realistically, because I didn't know what was going on, uh, it's, it's really hard to say if, if I did know what I know now, I would strictly focus on the, like the cash flowing part of like part of it. Yeah. Um, especially at like the prices that they were, they were under resale. Yeah. Um, and I think the strategy would still be the same, just like buy, hold for as long as you can. And then either upgrade up or like buy land. So detached homes or freehold, yeah. sorry. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's crazy though. Cause like it, you could call it beginner's luck or you can call it, you know, whatever you want to call it. But I think the biggest thing is yeah. that <laughs> you have the courage to do it. Right. Like that's, it, yeah, I, that's the biggest thing I think. Yeah. Like we preach to a lot of people. It's like, you, you can't really be trying to time the market. Like you're trying to spend time in the market and you, I think one of the great things is like, you're just like, okay, I'm brave enough to go and do this. It seems like it's a reasonable enough plan because you're ambitious enough that you want to be a millionaire when you were 19, I guess. They're like, okay, let's just go and figure it out. Yeah. Right? No, for sure. Yeah. It was definitely a learn by doing type of thing. And I, if I did have someone to look up to, it went a lot smoother, but yeah. Oh, for sure. Right. But like, I think that's the same thing for me. Like you just kind of go and figure things out and mm -hmm. you just take action. And a lot of people kind of are afraid to take that action because it is scary. And sometimes we get analysis paralysis. Yes. yes. Yeah, Especially yeah. when, um, for example, if you're like you're a very early investor or first time investor, and yeah. you don't necessarily have that friend group that's doing the same thing. Whenever you mention these big quote unquote ideas are just different. It doesn't necessarily have to be big. It's like, your friend group will sort of question it in a way that is negative as opposed to, Oh, like that's really like different. Like I didn't oh, think about that. 
For sure. I mean, like when you, we were 20, when I was 20, like I was not thinking about investing in real estate. There are other things on my mind, not making money or being yeah. a millionaire. Bottles <laughs> at the bars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Imagine if you could spend all that time if you knew better, right? Like knew, yeah. when we knew what we knew now, like the money we could have uh, put into those, like we always joked, like, oh, if we just took the OSAP money to buy condos or buy investment property. Yeah. Preschool. Yeah. yeah. And some. Yeah, so I think what would you tell to like anyone who's listening right now for kind of like being on the fence, like in terms of real estate investing, like what is a lesson from kind of your crazy up and down journey that you can like pass on to anyone listening right now? So yeah, tips that I'd have for anyone right now is to honestly just go for it just because um, people always talk about buying low and we're in a pretty good example of that right now. Maybe it's not like the discount that people are hoping for, but <laughs> yes. the reality is whenever things start to go south, like banks and lenders who you need the money from start to tighten up their restrictions. And so that's one thing that you can never really predict. Uh, I'll use my example, like 2016, they never used to ask for pre-approvals and mm -hmm. things like that. So like, there was an opportunity there. Now it's a bit more expensive and now that's also gone away. So I would just say go, like start as basic as it sounds, you'll sort of figure it out as you go, especially if you have a good team behind you, um, yeah. but yeah. So Arnie's basically saying uh, a good team is our brokerage hire us, right? To help you with the yeah. investing journey. <laughs> <AKA>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think the pre-construction world like, has done great for a lot of people and say like 2016, 2017, mm -hmm. right? And if you're, what are you going to do for your like next third property, right? Like now that you had two, are you still going to continue with pre-construction? Uh, it's going to be a mix of both. So right now, uh, it's sounds aggressive, but I'm aiming for one every year to year and a half, yeah. whether that be pulling a line of credit and going pre-construction. So I don't need the mortgage mm -hmm. or, uh, being able to actually get a resale because it's under market price or under pre-construction price right now. Yeah. That's, that's sort of the strategy that I've. Yeah, that that I'm going that to makes adopt. a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So what would you say kind of like if, you know, someone's opinion is like, Oh, well, you took like the riskiest move. You borrowed money to buy something and it didn't really exist. And what if it didn't work out? Like, what would you have done? Like if things didn't turn out that the way it did right now? Okay. So this may be like the wrong answer to give but at, that <laughs> age, <laughs> at that age, honestly. So the, the borrowed money, I'm going to clarify that a bit. So I actually had 30 K saved up. Yeah. That's why I was kind of like looking into it. Mm -hmm. And then the deposit that was needed was 42. So it's 15% in the span of, I think it was two years. Yeah. And there's absolutely no way I would have pulled the trigger if I didn't uh, go to my parents and say, Hey, if I don't have this 12,000, can I borrow it? Like when the time comes, Yeah. Um, I didn't actually need to, but like, there's like, there's no way I would have done that without that kind of reassurance. Yeah. Um, remind me of the question again. It was. You're, so basically like, what would you have done if like things didn't go really, uh, like oh, right. Did right now? Okay. Yeah. So at that time I was very, very comfortable. And this is again, the wrong answer with losing that $30,000. <laughs> and I was more uncomfortable with losing my parents 12,000 if I wasn't able to make it. Yeah. Um, but my logic and the thinking was, okay, I'm making a decent amount now. If I can't pay the mortgage and I calculated it at the time, I remember it was like a thousand or 1300 a month. By the time I'm like 23 or 24, something would have had to like gone seriously wrong. Like would have had to stop working entirely. Yeah. So it was just like, it was really just like a bet on myself that I'd be able to kind of like push through yeah. that. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like you basically bet on yourself, making an assumption and then confidence in yourself that you would be able to make that money in the coming years after you graduated, right? Or like yeah. with your landscaping business. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I think that that's was really, that was the honest answer, yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's kind of the thing that I am very like uh, inspired by you because it's the entrepreneurship that you have, right? Like a lot of the examples I always tell people of like, you know what, like sometimes you just have a gut feeling and just do it and you yeah. like oh, jump yeah, off sure. a cliff and then you, you build the wings or the plane on the way down and you just kind of figure it out, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, because like, yeah. I've done things like that before too, where like I bought stuff or like I started a business. I'm like, yeah, whatever, I'll figure it out on, on the way down. And it's like when you're, under pressure, you, the creativity and the ingenuity is just there. You, you'll, you'll figure a way out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't spend two weeks coming up with a business name. Just honestly get into it and then <laughs> figure out like where. Yeah. 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 Everyone's always too focused on the name. Like when we ever talk to people who's trying to start a business or like younger people asking for tips, it's like, how do you want to get started? Like, I don't know what the name is. I'm like, just go get clients and then start the business, get the revenue yeah. going, right? Get the revenue going. You can always come up with the name after. Like no one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like we had so yeah. many names before we came up with like the brokerage name or even like the prime properties TO name. There's so many, but like we had the book of business first, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Plus I also believe like pressure builds diamonds, right? Or pressure makes diamonds, right? So yeah, to an extent, sure. it's probably a good thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Cause uh, yeah, leave mm. it at that. That's my comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Arnie. So thanks for your time. Do you have any kind of last remarks you want to leave for anyone or kind of like anything you want to add into like the story you're sharing with everybody today? Uh, no, that's about it. Appreciate you having me. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. We'll like keep you. Oh yeah. All right. Th thanks for your time. Man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll talk to you later. Take care. Bye. Bye.